Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Very excited to get started this Saturday. We'll, we'll practice on, uh, on Saturday, and then we're going to come back and practice Tuesday and Thursday of the following week, and then uh, go into spring break from there, come back and have our, uh, our last uh, 11 practices and then the spring game. Official 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosovich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40. I am Carrie Murdoch, along with Josh McQuistian and Eddie Radosovich, the Soonerscoop.com. The Sooner Scoop crew is back at it, even though I can't talk and uh, I've been sick all week and haven't slept much. And uh, I'm I'm fired up because it is finally spring football. Football is back in our lives. We no longer have to just settle for that shit show that they call Oklahoma basketball. What happened? I, I did you are they playing? <laughs> have they been playing? Uh, your favorite player, Kadeem Latin, did not play well in the Big 12 tournament. Well, that's surprising. That's shocking. Shocker, to me. I know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they don't seem to care. No, it, it's it's insane. I, I still don't think I can wrap my head around the idea that this team could probably not play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, and Alabama's beating uh, Auburn right now. They're they're on as as the biggest bubble that you've ever seen, and it will be very interesting. I, I actually have taken it a step far as to say I don't understand how they could get in losing, what was it, 8 of 10 and 11 of 15? And they're going to let them in the NCAA tournament? It's like there's almost a sanctity of the NCAA tournament that is being, like, crushed if they let Oklahoma in. I think they'd be, like, 2 of 8 if they played, like, 5 more games or something. Yeah, it's, It's one of those weird things, too. It's like they fit that bill of a team that has no no. There's no way that they should be in the tournament, no. and they'll end up winning a, a game or something just because they shouldn't be there. That's how crazy the season has been. But I don't think that they really will win a game. So. Uh, I I hope they don't get in. I, I I know that's blasphemy. I know. It's crazy. I know people are like, they had a good season. They deserve to get in. They, did, they didn't have a good season, first off. You're, they had half of a, a season. Kite. They had half a season, and they haven't done anything since. It's insane. It will be, it will be as close to a, like all out civil war riot, if Oklahoma gets in and Oklahoma State doesn't on Sunday. I just want to welcome you guys to the dark side uh, of saying a team you don't want them there. I, I, I'm excited for you to join well, me in this no, bandwagon. No, no, you, you no, we're to, not. You we're not in your category. You have to play in a national championship. If Josh, you, you don't can even you try to win a national title without it. playing in the tournament. I still get. You're crap. foregoing it. 
from your hot take that it was better to go play in a crap bowl and win. They wouldn't play in the sugar bowl. It wasn't a crap bowl. Is that what it was? It no, was it was sh- that they shouldn't go to the college football playoff. That was yeah. It was this is a 2014. This they, is a they were better served argument. to go play in the Sugar Bowl, get a nice win, and have momentum rolling into the next year, rather than yet again getting just pounded on national you television so on the, in the wrong. in the playoffs. You were so wrong. They they were not ready for those teams. Whether they played Clemson no, they or they were. played Alabama, they were going to get every massacred. year. Every year, there's there's really two teams that aren't ready to be in that. This year, there was only one. Yep, and that was Clemson. Yep. It's kind of like one of those Surprisingly. things. Surprisingly. Going back to the Final Four, I'd, I'd rather see a, a team lose by 50 in the Final Four. But Ohio year. State has been that team that wasn't ready to be in that game. Yeah. You sure. still want to be in that game. Yeah. But you, the rea- absolutely. God, I, I really didn't mean for us to go back down this rabbit hole. I was having a no, little bit I'm, of fun. No, I'm but- glad that we are because I you have no idea how much crap <laughs> I take from people that try and say that I was the one that said that stuff. And it no, was it was you. definitely me. Anyone listening, it was definitely me. But the— the reality is Ohio State hasn't had this happen to them time and time. This was the first year when Oklahoma on a big stage showed up and played a good game. Frankly, it didn't go their way. That's fine. We all know that. But OU had every argument to say they belonged in that game, and they probably should have won that game. And they so, probably should have won a national title. Yeah, you definitely can make that case. But Last I'm going to say this. But I'm going to say this. No and, way. And if you, you go back and watch that game, the offense is, is as much to blame as anybody. I'm not. It's not a stick up for Mike Stoops thing. I'm just saying the offense made some horrible decisions down the stretch in that game. The problem with that argument is, is everybody focuses on like the second half. Well, uh, okay, Georgia ran wild in the first half, and the offense was clicking, and it made it made Georgia having a pretty good offense. Oh my god! Dude, dude, let's just stop. Like let's just stop. Let us not go back in time. Okay. Okay. I. I, I agree. The, that was not I, the I, argument anyway. We got so off track. <laughs> the, it was it was about whether or not you want to you if you're that fourth team and you're just not as good, you still want to be in that playoff. I'm sorry, no brainer. I, no I just want to thank everybody brainer. that thought they were walking into a sleepy podcast. Now I've got the guys going. We're ready to roll now. This is what the basketball season has done to us. <laughs> Wound everybody up. I yeah, but I will say this. I mean, okay, so. Moving on to spring football because there's no no reason unless Oklahoma somehow ends up in the Sweet 16. That's the only way that we're talking about them on this podcast. If that hey, happens, the NIT is available. If that could happen, no, talking about somewhere you don't want to be, oh, you should just completely turn down an NIT. Absolutely, invite. Oklahoma should not be playing in the NIT. That's for, imagine that's for George Mason. Actually, that's for those schools. For everyone that's upset with Trey Young. That would be the worst ending possible for him is to Just lose to at home out. in the NIT. Oh, oh, he shouldn't play in the NIT. If they if they were to take a NIT bid, he should tell everybody, "I'm out." Be like the players that say they're not playing in a bowl Absolutely. game. Absolutely, I would support him 100 percent on I'm that. I'm just leaving to and, prepare for my in NBA fact, future. He should call his teammates losers. I'm not playing in that tournament with these losers. Should be the <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, cannot the convert first on round. An assist. For me, the first round of the NIT against Liberty equates to what? I mean, like I can't even think of a bowl that bad. It'd be like playing in the Liberty Bowl against Southern Miss. <laughs> a, a five and seven Southern Miss, that more like Northern Illinois. Illinois, and then they beat you. Oh, oh that'd be no. so bad. That'd be so bad. The what's the what's the uh, Little Caesars Bowl in Detroit? Oh yeah, the uh, that would that be they depressing. play on like December sixth. That would be depressing. Yeah, that bowl game where like basically 
you go practice for a week and then you play in a bowl. Those are the saddest of all. Although the bowls. it it uh, it does sound like the Bahamas Bowl was quite fun this year. I remember Dude, uh, I totally reading some of that. Totally See, take everyone. And they 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 didn't have like security or anything. It was like BYOB into the game and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It sounds awesome. It's the Bahamas. Sure, we, it are, we are on the same w. page there, Eddie. I was going to ask, like, how good of a bowl would it have to be for you to say I'd rather go there than the Bahamas Bowl? Do you think in the mm. in the post game, uh, like up in the press box, that they would just bring weed for the reporters for the post game? That'd be awesome. Oh God. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll be a, I'll be a beat guy for that week, Jerry. <laughs> that would be. I would let you. I would think, <laughs> Josh. I don't know. I think that. I, I think that we have set the precedent with SoonerScoop.com. The uh, Russell Athletic Bowl, I think, is the. Uh, that's the that's the 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 lowest bowl that we cover. Guys, and we for people out there that. listening, I, I talk to Carrie Daddy every year after the bowls. You know, just like we do any time of year, but. I have never seen two human beings so beaten down by life. Eddie didn't I didn't even go. I, didn't even go right I wouldn't oh, let that's right, Eddie that's go. Right, that's right. It was just I wouldn't Carrie. pay that's right. for Eddie to go. I said, <laughs> I said this bowl is bullshit, and I almost, I was almost dead. I was so, I had the flu so bad. I mean, people showed up, but I guess yeah, the team Clemson show, people, yeah. Cole Stout show. They were fired. I mean, that was Clemson. That was a totally different era of Clemson football. They were it so really fired was. up just to play Oklahoma. Remember, they went and put the little tombstone in there and celebrated it like yeah. it was the biggest win yeah. in program. I mean, that literally was one of the biggest wins in their program's history at that point in time. They have, uh, I, I would say they've elevated themselves since then. Dabo Sweeney, you've done a good job. And did you think that was a joke of a hire when it was made? I, I did. It was a I thought he yeah. would be a train wreck. But he had Chad Morris and he had Brent Venables. Yeah, that's, that's that's it says a lot. I mean that that's almost like uh, you know, and we've talked about this before. I, I've got some friends at LSU, like in the athletic department, and there were really strong rumors that Orgeron almost got Lane Kiffin to come and be his offensive coordinator this year. As Kiffin, yeah, last year when oh, Orgeron yeah, was okay. hired. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was going to get him to be the OC along with obviously Orlando, uh, not Orlando, uh, um, Aranda as is DC, that's almost good enough to overcome at Orgeron. Like those two together, you're like that, that those guys probably win a lot of football games. That's, I mean, obviously now we can see that's not what happened with Dabo. Dabo is a good coach. He's just, he's kind of a caricature of himself. Uh, I think publicly, but you know, like I said, that's kind of what I thought. I thought this guy is too much of a player's coach. He's too close. They're not going to have any discipline, but they're, he, he, like I said, he's he's one of the premier two or three guys in the whole country. They've done really well, but I mean, they still, I, I, I the Lawrence kid, was it Trevor, or yeah, Tracy? yeah, Trevor. I, I'm not. Fabio. Every time I've seen that guy in a big stage, it hasn't been pretty. Like everybody loves that kid and his arm and uh oh, his ability. Have, are we about to have World War Two or World War Three? We're, I'm just we're, saying, the U.S. Army game, he was terrible. Yeah, he was. He was really bad in that game, and I, I can't explain the it. The kid that went to Georgia destroyed him in the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff. Justin Fields. Uh, opening stuff. Yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah. I, I've, I, you know, I've said it before. I, he's the best high school quarterback I've ever watched. Like, the way the ball comes out of his hand and all the... Because the thing that people, like, you see Trevor Lawrence, and, uh, Carrie, I know where you're going to go with this. Unathletic That's an head. unathletic head. Yeah. For sure. But you, like, watch his tape. He's not a big stiff guy. He can really move around. No, like, he he's can. a good athlete. He can, but I, 
I also I see a guy that just crumbles and and tries, you know, it's almost like he he's trying to impress. I I worry about his mental makeup, not not about his physical abilities. I think there's there there could be something you know, the guys that always concern me at quarterback, and I, I felt this way going way back, and it, I think it started and everybody thought, oh, this is just Josh being an angry recruiting reporter because he's not getting his interviews. When a quarterback does not want to be front and center of his class, that always concerns me. Like That guy should be almost the minute he commits, I want to do interviews, I want to start getting our name out, we want to talk about OU football to anybody that wants to listen. Like, that. To me, that's the kind of guy that you build your program around. Like, that's Deshaun Watson. That is Baker Mayfield. Those guys are all in on what their program is. And I, I, I remember the guy that started this belief in me was Gunnar Keel because he didn't want to talk to anybody. He was super shy about everything. He, wouldn't, he just wouldn't do any – like, to the point of deliberately, you know, like he would set up an interview and then not speak to me for weeks – and it, it just went on and on. Trevor Knight's another good example. And Trevor's a good kid, and I like him and all those sort of things. But there's something to be said for the guy that wants to be a leader. Like, just from the minute, from word go, this is my team, this is my class, I, I'm going to lead this thing. So Chris Robinson. I, I, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, we already know that the uh, the major red flag there was when he was wearing yellow sunglasses to photo shoots. Yeah, well, and to be fair, Chris never really wanted to talk either. I just knew him well enough to be like, "You're come over here. We're gonna we're gonna do this." <laughs> You're talking so, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, a lot of guys, I'm I'm kind of sensitive with, but I'm just like, nope. You're doing this thing. I've known you since you were a freshman. Get over here. So so, so Trevor Lawrence, great ability. Yeah, not not an outgoing personality and unathletic head. So two two, two out of three one, strikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can can the ability overcome the unathletic head and not not natural uh, inclination towards the camera? Like that's the other thing. Like, is it was USC so terrible at quarterback? Well, Max Brown. I mean, God, he's he's another guy that wasn't outgoing. Yeah, it was just an unathletic head. Max would talk to you, but he was very uninteresting. Like, he was very vanilla. Um, he was like a high school version of Landry Jones. Yeah, that, that's a <laughs> that's really a good, good way to put. say that. Yeah. Um, and just but, but, an I mean, ugly like, human being. Like, for Sam Darnold oh, to become, like, yeah. their hero, and then for us to watch him and realize this kid really makes a lot of bad throws and bad decisions. Like... I don't know if Sam Darnold was ever as good as he got made out to be just because he was made into the savior of USC football or the guy that was going to get them back on track. Yet USC, they were never better than Washington. I mean, and I don't think, was it Jake Browning or Jacob Browning? Jake Browning, I don't yeah. think he's a very good quarterback. He's, if you put that guy in the Big 12, he'd just be another dude. Yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be... Um, no, but and you know the funny parallel between the two guys that you're making, Kerry, Sam Darnold was literally awful at the Army Week. Was he? I think I want to say he was like 125 in the country and was so bad, I think he fell out of the 250. Hmm. So but you, I mean, you may the, be on something the, there. Look at the combine, though. Look where the quarterbacks were from. I mean, that kid from Nebraska was one of the better-looking kids at the combine. He was a terrible college quarterback. People love you talk him. about a turnover machine. Yeah, that, watch is. that game is against Nate Oregon. Lee? Is that his name? Lee? Tanner Lee. Tanner Lee. 
He's terrible. Not much of a fan. I mean, he's not as bad as Wisconsin's quarterback. Tanner Lee will be a, I guarantee you, though, he'll end up being like a 10-year backup. He looked great at the combine. He'll be a 10-year backup. He'll never be a guy that plays a whole lot, but he'll just be, he's a Landry Jones is what he is. He's a poor man's Landry Jones. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing to me. Like, everybody is so, like, Josh Allen, I think he could be a huge bust just because that crop is so shitty. Yeah. It's a shitty crop of court. It's a shitty crop of receivers too. Like, what the hell has happened? I, I thought seven on seven was supposed to be taking on the world, <laughs> taking over the world. Why do we have shitty quarterbacks and shitty wide receivers at the at the NFL Combine, the highest of highs? It's it's a really soft year. Just weak. What quarterbacks are out there in college football though? We're like, oh, I can't wait till that kid comes out. I, I mean, we're starting over in college I think everybody football. on the West Coast just loves Josh Rosen. Well, the kid at Arizona, Khalil Tate. Yeah. But my know. God, it's not like there's just all these great quarterbacks waiting in the wings to become the next Heisman winner. Here's the question. Of these guys in this class, who's the guy you'd bet on to become? Not like, not like oh, a good player. If you were going to say this guy's going to have a Hall of Fame career, who's the guy you'd bet on to these quarterbacks? None, none of them. Save my money. No, I'm, I'm saying you got to pick one. You have to pick one. I mean, I think anything... I'm taking Baker out of the running. I don't yeah. want anything to. I'm still shooting my shot with him on the podcast. I sent another one this week. I don't think he wants to come on the podcast because he knows we're going to dick around and he'll probably say something he regrets. That's fair. I wouldn't if he's I. He's going to wait till he's got that contract signed. Hot box him at the pro day. Oh. No doubt. What's wrong with you? <laughs> put drugs in his bag. No, but I mean, of all those, <laughs> of all those kids. By the way, did you read the? Uh, have you been keeping up with the Sports Illustrated stuff that they've been doing on Baker? Really good. Like I they don't did know. the seventh part today. Oh, with the Monday morning quarterback stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read part of it. The stuff today, like the Browns GM, when he went into the. Uh, to their hotel room where he was met with them, the GM first thing he blurts out is, "So you like food trucks?" I thought that was genius. He's now what? I knew, Wait, I Baker thought, said it to him, or no, he no, said no, it to no, Baker. The GM, as as Baker walked in the room, he goes, "So you like food trucks?" Oh, the GM said yeah. that to Baker. Yeah, that's pretty good. And everybody apparently just started laughing. Baker just said, "Ah, oh, you like losing." <laughs> no draft me I don't think that's what he should say or ever say well he can if they don't draft him number one this coming from four. a man who has never did you ever did you ever interview for a job Eddie uh yeah with ESPNU and you didn't take it because you said it sucked. I didn't want to well, I didn't want to move to Charlotte and cut up video yeah well, good, so good I just choice. stayed in Norman and cut up video. Good choice because they <laughs> shuttered that whole operation. Yeah, I know. They did. They definitely did. You could have got away in. with a lot of sexual harassment, though. Yeah, I mean, I would have been on the ground floor with Jen Brown. <laughs> I would have worked. <laughs> I might have, might have a sexual assault charge, but hey. They would have it covered works. it up for you. It's ESPN. That's true. No, but back to your question, Josh. I, there's not a... Here's the thing, like, it was not a great group of quarterbacks, and I thought it was a perfect opportunity for somebody like Mason Rudolph to shine, and he was just very average. Uh, he, 
he just is average. Like people, people love his size and want Mason Rudolph to be something he's just not. He doesn't have a great arm. He, it's, no, he's not accurate. It's that intermediate throw that he just cannot throw. He cannot make that pass. He his he does his, his arm is not strong enough to make out route throws. It's really weird. Like I, that's the most shocking thing out of this whole, I guess, season or not most shocking, but that was it. it just repetitively is or repeatedly is just mind blowing that he can't make that throw. And then I thought that I was ground. offended by the whole Lamar Jackson thing. I really was. That is just yeah. I heard you on the radio. You think it's racist, right? I think it's stereotypical, and I think it's racist tendencies for people to say. And it wasn't coming. I mean, they NFL Network said, "Hey, we checked with all the GMs. They've all got him as quarterbacks on the board." So was that coming from the media? Was that coming from other scouts trying to because they like Lamar Jackson and they're trying to put doubt out there that he I, might not be a quarterback? But the media just ate it up. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a talking point, and they can spend multiple But, I mean, segments. for you to sit there and repeat it like that so easily and believe it, so the guy won a freaking Heisman Trophy. Did you see the rant that Chris Sims, of all people, had on it? No. Basically saying that at Louisville under Petrino, he ran a more pro-style offense than any quarterback in this draft. Chris Sims, of all people, was the guy that came to his defense basically saying, yeah, you people are a bunch of racists, trying to say that he needs to be a wide receiver. I just, I I found the whole thing comical. Well, it's just funny that, like, I, I don't think that, have, I can't remember, why didn't any, well, this might be a poor argument, but why didn't anybody ever say, like, Johnny Manziel should be a wide receiver? Well, that was the thing. It's like Josh Allen has just as many accuracy issues as anybody. Yeah. Why didn't anybody want to see him work out as a tight end? Anybody ask Baker to work out in the slot? Yeah. No. I, I, it definitely is a, It's an interesting... But, Josh, I mean, you ask the question. You tell me who you're going to put all your money on. I'd probably, put it on I'd probably put it on Josh Rosen. That, that would be my bet if I was going to pick a guy in this class. Um, I just think he has more arm talent than any of the other guys. And I, I think he's shown an ability on in tough situations to make plays. People forget that offensive line at UCLA was awful. I mean, just awful. He was running for his life all year before he got hurt. I mean, hell, there's a reason he got hurt. Um, I He can just do some things with the ball. And, I, he, I mean, he is what you draw up as a pro-style quarterback. Like, I think probably if I'm going to compare him to somebody, it would be like a Drew Bledsoe or something like that. Like, and I, I'm not saying Bledsoe's a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying to kind of give you an idea of that big kind of statuesque guy. But he can move around a little better than that. But he would be my pick. Since we're on the topic of the combine, I'm going to play for you what Lincoln Riley said about Orlando Brown's combine performance uh, yesterday. Well, I mean, the thing with Orlando, would I have expected that he would have tested a little bit better than he did? Yes. And and I think he will here next Wednesday. Um, with that being said, Orlando's never going to be a great test guy. That's just some guys got their deals. I mean, I've I can't count how many football players that I've seen throughout the years that are unbelievable in the weight room. I mean, just freaks in the weight room. They can do all this weight and all this and that, and then you go toss them on a football field, and they can't play dead. And so, 
I get it. I know they want to test their physical skills, um, but what that guy's gifted at is playing tackle and playing football. And uh, so I told them to keep the main thing the main thing and train hard and be ready to put your best foot forward on pro day. But the most important thing is that film. And, you know, he can run whatever. Uh, I know he's disappointed, wants to run better, and he'll run better here this Wednesday. But I think uh, that tape didn't go away. You go click on tape against Georgia, uh, you know, Clemson, uh, Auburn, you know, Ohio State, and, and see a guy that is uh, one of the best tackles in the game. And, and he's going to be I feel like when he gets to the next level as well here's my question like what's worse is it worse for a quarterback to be short or for an offensive tackle to be that unathletic looking during drills I I think it's probably being that unathletic I mean he'd lost millions of dollars I think he dropped out of the first round for sure Josh uh I would probably go with a quarterback being too short. I mean, obviously, it's relative. Are we talking about a guy that's 6'1"? Are we talking about a guy that's 5'10"? You know, whatever. But at the same time, my biggest problem with Orlando wasn't the testing, like the you know the times and stuff. I don't care about that. I, I mean, I think in a, four, in a 40, all that I care about for an offensive lineman is the first 10. That's all that matters. But the problem with everything is, is it looks like he didn't work. Like, what's he been doing for the last couple of months? Cause, yeah, and if his times yeah. are that much better at OU's Pro Day, everybody's going to be like, what were you doing leading up to the Combine? Yep. And that's it just, I mean, for, like everybody's like, oh, the, the, the bench press isn't a good measurement of strength. I don't even disagree with that. That's fine. But it's a, it's a statement of what you've been doing, the work you've been putting in. And I know he's got long arms, and I, I'm one that certainly accounts for that. And I think all you need to do is get to, like, 20, and he's fine. Whatever, no big deal at that point. But 14, that's just shockingly bad. Didn't Neela have like 12? 12. 12. Yeah. I'll put it this way. Orlando Brown got outlifted by Ben Grogan, Oklahoma State's kicker at the Combine. Well, he didn't get outlifted by Jordan Thomas because <laughs> he had four. Jordan Thomas had the... The weirdest the Combine. Weird, yeah. Well, the weirdest, like, just... Career. Gear... Four years, whatever you want to call it. But the guy, he leaves the combine with a combine record, but somehow. Like, he like obliterated the record. I, it, it makes no sense to me. His, his entire career makes no sense to me. I mean, it is. It's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. That's, that's the best way to put it. I mean, I, somebody's going to take a chance on Orlando. And I think that, I don't think it's crazy to say that Orlando's going to have a good NFL career still, but. Boy, if you're Jordan Thomas, you probably, I mean, I know that, you know, that Oklahoma State game came around and you had to be thinking to yourself, these guys have ruined my career. But in essence, they saved his career by letting him play as long as they did. By not benching him sooner. You know, they, uh, I heard that he is now going by JT Thomas. At the combine, he was telling everybody his name's JT, like J A Y T E E, like in his Twitter. I I have no idea. That's a good question. I I was I, I saw it as J the letter J and T, mm-hmm. but I think that's smart because all these NFL teams will start looking for JT Thomas video. And they won't be able to find it. <laughs> so maybe maybe he's smarter I than everybody think else. They'll figure it out. Oh, he's Jordan Thomas. We can only find Jordan Thomas video. 
And that guy couldn't possibly be at the combine because yeah. he's awful on tape. Yeah, exactly. So he's just he's the smartest man in the room, possibly. Uh, well, pro day's coming up uh Wednesday. Wednesday this week. It's gonna be interesting. It will be. I I think it's just gonna be interesting seeing uh for the first time in a, in kind of a small way. It'll be the first time that we see uh, Benny Wiley kind of out in the yeah. out and about in the world. But I don't think Mark Andrews will do any testing. He'll just do drills. Yeah. Baker will just throw unless he wants to run a 40 again. Which I can't imagine he loves having a 481 or whatever it was. I don't know what his official ended up being. Should we bill it up as the uh the make or break day for uh Dwayne Orso? <laughs> I think there's going to be 18 people participating not all OU people I would imagine there's going to be some head coaches there I would think so they had the Mike Zimmer was there there last last year one uh it will be it's always interesting there's seen Mike McCarthy over the years there's no bigger football guy than the the coaches that run the uh yeah those are like the workouts yeah Jonathan Hayes usually comes back and runs it doesn't he it's one of the Hayes brothers we'll just call him Jonathan I think it's one of them his brother, does he work for Cincinnati still? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as long as Marvin Marvin Lewis yeah. is there. So they yeah, it's usually the same guys kind of running the drills. But I would I would I would think that Jeff Bidette would be there. Yep. Uh Steven Parker, obviously. Yeah. He'll he'll get a ch- he'll do everything. Now they're gonna do it at the new indoor. So they'll be on the the plate thing. They'll be the doing the laser, laser time, time yeah. 40s. So they'll have it like flash up on the screen when they run. So it's going to be cool. Malcolm Kelly come back and run. He should be the first guy to run. I think he's break it coaching in. now. Just break it in. Is he? He's at Houston, right? Is that right? Somewhere. Somewhere down there. Somewhere in Texas. So, yeah. I mean, pro day coming up. We got spring practice starting Saturday. Yeah. Get to go out. Do some film and video. Get you some photos, get to see some stuff. Uh, let's let's get some uh, Lincoln Riley back on the podcast here, because uh, he, you heard from him on the opening of the show. Uh, but really, kind of the major topics when we talked to him yesterday at his press conference, obviously the quarterback battle. Uh, but we went back and we talked about Josh. Josh, in his uh, declaration that, oh, you should not have gone to the college football playoff, they would have been better off going to a good bowl and winning it. But For the record, last year, two years ago, not not this year. Right. Just just before I get any angry Twitter feed. Oh, it's coming. Fine, bring it. I have fought this argument It'll before. It'll be directly for me. Uh, <laughs> so, but, I mean, the thing about after they played in that college football playoff game where they got beat handily by Clemson, they come back that next year. They don't have Eric Stryker. They don't have Charles Tapper. Uh, they only have a – they lose Sterling Shepard. They lost Ty Darlington. I mean, that was really a team void of any leadership whatsoever. I mean, Baker Mayfield was it. On defense, they had nothing. They had Oboe. And that was before Oboe. Who hadn't like, been, he, yeah. he hadn't even been a full-time starter right. up to that point. Right. Like, he was still a project. And, I mean, you lose... I think they lost... Did, they had Jordan Evans coming back. And he kind of became one of their leaders. 
But they start out that season one and two. Lose to Houston to start the season at Ohio State. And it was just, it was obvious how big the leadership void was. And Lincoln Riley talked about that some this week. So you do, you've got to do a lot of things. You've got to, you've got to first identify who on your team that you think can lead. Uh, you've got to, you've got to teach them how to lead. You've got to push them out of their comfort zone to do it more and more. You've got to make guys realize that, you know, a year ago you were either in high school or you were maybe on this team listening to somebody else, always looking to somebody else. Now they're all looking at you. And it's a it's a different perspective for them. So you've got to teach them and then you've also got to put them in in different situations where their leadership's required, whether it's good, whether it's, you know, adverse situations, whatever it is. So we're that's that's definitely a point of emphasis for this team and this program right now. Uh, we know to be the team we want to be and make the run that we want to make. Uh, that we have to have great leadership year in and year out. Uh, we've got some really intriguing young potential leaders. I mean, guys, I think they're going to be great at it, uh, but we need them to be great now. And uh, so that'll be just as important, if not more important, than how we develop them on the field. And, you know, that's you start going down the list of guys, oh, this guy could be a leader, that guy could be a leader. And we we roundtabled this a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And one of the names that I think we all brought up was Caleb Kelly. Here's the problem. Caleb Kelly's not doing going through spring practice because he had off-season shoulder surgery. Yeah, I, I think that in a way, though, you can you can cultivate that or, or develop that even by not practicing, just being out there, being a guy that is always talking, being a guy that, I guess, you know, in a, I guess, just a blunt way, just leading. But I, I don't know. It, it's strange, definitely, that they lose so many guys. I think that... You know the freshman, the red that redshirt freshman group, or the the sophomore group, is where you're going to really, I think, start kind of turning those, turning the button, I or mean, pushing the button. You've got to have guys. like freshmen and sophomores. I mean, yeah. it's like if you're Ceedee Lamb, you really don't have a choice. If you're Kenneth Murray, you really yeah. don't have a choice. I mean, Parnell Motley has no choice. He has to be a leader. I mean, if Jordan Parker ends up starting, which he very well could, and he'll practice some. But he'll be limited. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, anyone that's basically played, those are your leaders because that's all you have. Who's the? I mean, Caleb I, Kelly is the most veteran player on that defense. I know we're throwing a lot on his plate, Motley, and he hasn't played a game. He hasn't even suited up a game. Buki. But Buki is one of those. I think it's one of those personalities. That's kind of who I picked in that roundtable. Was it just seems like he has one of those personalities that he can step in, and when he talks, people are going to listen. Well, I mean, the other thing is you need your quarterback, and, and you need to know who your quarterback is. But really, I mean, I think Austin Kendall kind of has a little bit of a fire there, you know, a little bit kind of like when he came talk shit on the Ohio, Ohio State, State game, and then got owned a lot it, of trouble, like and a boss. Then uh, you know, went into it's like a turtle going back into his shell. They wouldn't let him talk, and then when he finally did talk. You could tell it was kind of one of those, I blame the media for this. Yeah, I think he has a little... Uh, when we didn't have anything to do with it. Nobody's ever going to get close to Baker, I don't think. He set the bar pretty high, but I think that both Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall kind of carry themselves in a, in a way, in a manner that you would like your quarterback to do. Kyler's got swagger, but it's it's more coolness. Kyler, is. Kyler is fig jam. <laughs> you know what that means? Explain it. 
mark it because it has a cuss word in it. I'm good. Just ask me. That's what people call uh, Phil Mickelson. I little, like that. little golf humor. I like that fig jam. I think that he, but and I think that you can have that when you're one of the best quarterbacks of all time to come out of the state of Texas. You get to carry yourself in that manner, and I think that's kind of goes into the reasoning why I don't think that him playing baseball this spring is that big of a deal because he just the way he carries himself I think will translate to the guys around him. Here is Lincoln Riley on the quarterback battle. You know, first thing I'd say, there's zero assumptions in our building. So all that on the outside is is what it is. It's noise. You know, it's uh, it has nothing to do with this competition. Uh, uh, I, Austin's, I think, just motivated to, to come compete. I mean, that's what I, I actually met with him the other day, and I said, hey, this is why you came all the way from North Carolina uh, to come to Oklahoma was to have a chance to be the guy here. And this is, you know, this is a, a great opportunity. Um, last year really benefited him. Um, he is the healthiest that he's ever been. He's the he's in the best shape uh, from a strength perspective that he's ever been. And then just the value of day in and day out going against our defense every single day, being able to really push himself off the field because he wasn't saving up for a game. You, you just see a difference with the kid right now. There, there's no doubt. He's in a you know, he did a great job for us as the backup two years ago, uh, especially in a tough situation as a true freshman. Uh, but I, he is in a great place right now to, to go compete and make a serious run at that, as are, our other, as are Tanner Schaefer and Kyler. I mean, I, I told him the day I could care less who it is. I just want him to be good. And that was kind of Riley addressing the fact that a lot of people have penciled in Kyler Murray as the starter already. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're Lincoln Riley, what are you going to do? Those are your quarterbacks – you got to keep him happy. You got to keep him engaged. You got to keep him on campus. Uh, he, he wants competition, just like everybody wants competition, to try and make everybody else better. And you need bodies on campus to do that. How much do you think? There's two things that stood out to me from that quote. One, his inclusion of Tanner Schaefer screams how paper thin they are at quarterback. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. want Tanner Schaefer thinking he's involved in this conversation too. He's done that from the beginning, though. Like ever since he's always I included. Think he sees a Tanner lot of himself Schaefer. in Tanner Schaefer, almost. Probably so. Canadian Texas yeah. West Texas. I was gonna say it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, what is he like? Plus fifteen hundred or worse on the oh, uh, on the betting line. scale. Maybe plus three thousand. <laughs> yeah, the starting plus job. three thousand. Which it almost. I mean, he he's the kind of guy that it's worth laying the three dollar bet just to see if you know something comes in. So because um, if not, what what do you hurt? But the the By other the way, side I do of that need is to get some Powerball tickets today or some Mega Millions, whatever. Are we on today. that right now? It's like three hundred million. Oh man, yeah, I need to do that. Guys, the other side of that is what is the. Like, when is the date when you don't want to announce a starter by? Like, I, I don't even – like, if Kyler Murray comes out and is dominant, you don't want to rush to that. Oh, no. Because you want Austin Kittle to stay around. You yeah, don't want to yeah. give him, like, clearly you're not taking this job. So, when does OU do that? Do they run that all the way out into two-a-days just even if they know? I think they just will. Just for the I sake think, of – Yeah, I think part of it is just hoping. If you're Lincoln Riley, you hope that Kyler Murray doesn't run away with the job. Like, Yeah. But, I mean – is that really part? that's up to that's up to Austin Kendall. I mean, he's got to come out and perform well. I mean, yeah. because those kids know. And they, he like if he comes out like I the last real quarterback battle that we had where nobody really knew was when Trevor Knight beat out Blake Bell. 
And we were all kind of shocked that, that Trevor Knight won that job. The good news about Austin Kendall is, I'm trying to think the numbers right, he will graduate this year, won't he? Like he could, with that extra red shirt year now, having taken that, he would have more than two years to grad transfer, right? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a sophomore in eligibility this year. Okay. Yeah, this is only his third year, so if he graduates okay, this year, he's, he's ahead of schedule. He's yeah. pretty smart. I don't know if that's true or not. It would indi- what I'm saying is it would indicate that he's very smart if he graduated in three years. <laughs> that's not right. I yeah, think Austin Kendall's a pretty sharp podcast. kid, but probably not uh, that smart. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But that, I mean, he never did ask why he was sitting in the stands at the Big 12 championship game last year. Yeah, that I guess we could ask that. I bet we'll be able to talk to him for the first time ever. Think about that. Now, we've talked to Have him we? before. He talked to us, uh, I want to say after they announced he would redshirt, or okay. maybe before that. But we talked to him last fall. Okay. Because he was kind of a penis. He the, he was, you know, really defensive about yeah. the stuff he got in trouble about the year before. Okay. Couldn't remember. It'll be, I I don't know. I, I, I think they'll take it out all the way into two days, though, Josh. I, I really do. They have. I mean, they, I, it makes the most yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I, and it's funny because I hadn't really stopped to think about it until that quote or until I was listening to Lincoln. And it, you, I mean, unless, unless it's just so obvious that you're hurting your team to, because you're clearly doing it for gamesmanship, then I think you have to keep it sounding interesting. I will tell you this, and I can see why Lincoln is forced to do that. Like, even going back to when he redshirted and after he redshirted, his parents have been very, uh, I want to say, uh, inquisitive about where he stands, how good Kyler Murray is doing, things like that. Like, they're, they're being very calculated about it. Like, they're ready, if need be, for him to jump somewhere else. They're, I'm not saying they're actively planning it, but they've always, you know, tried to be a step ahead in case he doesn't win the job. So they're they're a family that's prepared for him. Like they're paying Friday night starters in the Big Twelve to little chin music this spring. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm saying for their son. They're 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 going to be ready they're if involved. he doesn't win the starting job. If he doesn't win the starting job, he is done. He's out. You think? If Kyle, like even if and when Kyler season? Murray is named the starter, he'll be gone. Okay, so let me ask you this: Kyler Murray's named the starter at the end of two days next year. Does he just transfer then, or do you think he would finish out the season? I bet he rides it out. I think he. I think by then he's going to have a pretty good idea. I think he'll have I a pretty see, good idea by the summer. I could see him going to Lincoln Riley if if it was pretty clear that Kyler was the guy and was gonna they would probably the family I would say, my guess would be they would go to Lincoln Riley. Not that I've been told this. Yeah. Just the vibe that I get is they would go to Lincoln Riley and say, Look, we we really understand the gist of what's going on here. We think it'd just be better if we, you know, parted ways and found another place. Where where um, Austin could be a starter. Yeah, that would not. Uh, and, and then you I mean, there's Tanner, plenty, Mordecai, and Tanner Schaefer. There's plenty of places, uh, you know, back in uh, North Carolina that he would be able to, 
you know, NC State, Wake Forest, Duke, something like that, don't you think? I just realized it's Tanner and Tanner. The Tanners. Mordecai and Schaefer. Don't forget about the Hody winner, Connor McGinnis. <laughs> just concentrate on the holding. And the jean, his the last jean shorts. His last uh, hold got blocked. Always got to improve. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean the quarterback battle. Everybody's gonna. It, it's always you lose Baker Mayfield. That's going to be a central focus. Um, it's it's really interesting too that like I feel like this is the first spring in twenty years that the actual like passing of the torch is getting ready to happen. Like, last year, I think, was just such a whirlwind with everything that happened in June and the way Stoops went out. Yeah. This is, like, the first time, and with so many new faces, when you're looking for leadership, I don't know. I feel like this is the most interesting spring Oklahoma's had in 20 years. I will say this. Uh, this offseason, and it's, it was to be expected, but we're really getting to see Lincoln Riley kind of put his stamp on this team now. Yeah. For the, I mean, Ruffin McNeil was the first one, and that was that was a pretty big rubber seal stamp. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is the direction I'm going as a coach. But when he got to hire that 10th assistant, and it wasn't just an elevated GA or a, a QC guy, that he, he, he was able to go out and make a hire like Shane Beamer, to me, that says a lot. Because you guys remember, Bob Stoops... He not that he treated special teams like an afterthought, but it took a really long time. Everybody was clamoring. You remember when everybody was clamoring for Bob to name a dedicated special teams coach? Yeah, well, because it, it was always piecemealed together. It, it was like it started out very important in like '99 and 2000, when right they when they were he doing started. great in and special then teams. It hit yeah. a lull, just like everything else with well, the program. TJ, they had JT Thatcher returning yeah. kickoffs, yeah. and then they had Antonio Perkins. Uh, it they got that kind of lull when they had uh, 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 Curtis. Uh, why am I forgetting Fagan? And he would just like catch punts and do nothing. Yeah, and it was like, but you could kind of see Bob like at times if he had a really good team, special teams weren't that important. Like big plays in specialty, he just wanted to play punt safe. You know, down the kickoffs. It was like after give the... Give the ball to his offense and let his defense do their thing. After the Mark Clayton incident and the Orange Bowl, is like, I just want you guys to catch the ball. Don't screw this Mark up. Mark Bradley. Or Mark Bradley, yeah, yeah, excuse me. They just didn't want... Don't don't F anything up. We'll get the ball to our offense and we'll be fine. Like, every once in a while, Bob would, like, put Adrian Peterson back on a kickoff return. Uh, remember, DeMarco Murray returned early and he got hurt uh, and didn't play in 2008 because... I think it was a against Missouri in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Weren't they up by... And remember the onside at Texas Tech when his kneecap got dislocated. Yeah. So it's like, I understood why Bob got, you know, punt safe all the time and got rid of the fakes. Because he had better teams than everybody else. He just decided, you know what? We're going to... We have the better offense than everybody... For the most part, we have better defense. Let's just use special teams to not screw things up. And that's just such a the wrong way to look at it, isn't it? Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's what Lincoln Riley, his stamp on this thing now, hiring Shane Beamer, is we're going to be aggressive with special teams. We're going to 
do things differently. And uh, I asked him about that at the press conference yesterday. It's been a it's been a hot topic for us throughout the throughout the off season, both both as a staff and and then with the players. Uh, you know, we are we know we got to be better there. I mean, that's 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 the bottom line. And there's things as players that we have to do better. There's things as a head coach that I didn't do well enough, you know, in the first year as far as, you know, making sure that you're giving special teams guys, you know, enough time, making sure that you're helping with the overall organization, giving the guys that are working on the different teams uh, enough tools to get done what they need to get done. And so I think we all looked at it and said, hey, you know, we don't feel like we're really far off in any area, but we also feel like that, you know, coaches, players, all of us, we all got to take a big step forward there and so yeah bringing Shane in has been has been great for that he, he and Jay have worked very well together I think we've got a you know pretty good plan going forward uh, of, of how we want to do it we're going to test run a few things in the spring and then uh, certainly settle in going into going into the fall but I, I feel great about it you know I think we've got a team that's going to embrace it I think being able to split those guys up where they can really focus in on a few areas and then also continue to make big contributions to us offensively was kind of the the whole plan when we first thought about hiring Shane and uh, so I've been really happy with the progress and it'll be a big point of emphasis during spring ball so I mean you now have a running backs coach and an H-backs coach and their other jobs are special teams like that's never happened in Oklahoma before we've had that much two guys focus on special teams and not to mention his last name's Beamer the other guy one of them yeah, I think that like adds a couple points to it when you get the uh, the son of the godfather of special teams. Beamer he, Ball, the son of Beamer Ball. I just can't wait for the week that uh, the father, Frank, shows come, up, in, shows Norman. up in, in Norman. They put out a picture. It gets retweeted a million times. It's going to be awesome. Just the retweets? Just oh, gonna, yeah. Just going to be swimming in retweets? Yeah, just, just, just the presence. Switzer will probably be out there one day with them. Maybe Bob will show up. Oh, Bob definitely show up. It, I don't know. It, does it just is it a matter of being lucky in some some regard in the special teams department? Like blocking a kick is that? Of course, you got to make the play, but at some point, isn't that kind of just luck as well? The other guy not executing. I remember back in the day, like how do you become a could, team that just we, blocks the shit we, out of? We everything? could watch practice. And OU ran these drills, and they used soccer balls, and they would they would kick field goals with soccer balls, and part of their practice was guys diving, like using certain technique to dive, and tip the ball with their fingertips. So I guess it is learned. I mean that you work on it. Yeah. But. I, I don't think that they kept doing that over the years. I don't remember seeing soccer balls out there when we go out there. But I did ask Lincoln, like, okay, so you got all this special team stuff. You, you've got all this emphasis. What does that mean? Like, what do we, does that mean block kicks everywhere? Does that mean trick plays everywhere? What does it mean? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes people always associate, well, a good special team's like only blocks kicks or has, there's also being solid and sound too. There, there's that element. And, and I think there's going to be different situations throughout the year 
where you're going to have to be able to do both, where sometimes sound is the best thing to help us win this game. Sometimes being aggressive and going making a big play is going to be the best thing to help us win this game. So just like on offense or defense, I think you have to be able to do both. So yeah, I mean, Josh, I don't know your thoughts on special teams and, you know, what, what I mean, you've watched as much OU football as anybody and just kind of the decline of it being special, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember a lot of times this year where I thought, well, OU's just not handling the basic details. You know, obviously yeah. the Georgia block is a, is a really good example. That's That would that was just poor by, if it was Drew Samia, if I remember right. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was surprising and, when it happened. You're just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause that's, that's just a, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I played a lot. I blocked a lot on special teams, man, and I, that, that's, that's a basic maneuver. You're just stepping inside and making sure your inside shoulder's not vulnerable. That, that's it's a super. He took the play he, off. He, I think. Yeah, I mean it's something he's done a thousand times, and it's not that he doesn't know that he just didn't right. do it. So, um, but I didn't see a lot of that this year. I so I mean, and I thought that was kind of interesting by Riley to say that because it, it. I mean, I know it's not how he means it, but it's going to be interpreted as well. Maybe we weren't always sound last year, and maybe there were things that I didn't see, and that you know he is a coach knew what he was looking for, and I wasn't looking for him, and whatever. But there's no question that Oklahoma has had nothing in the return game since Alex Ross left. I mean, nothing. And whether it's kick return, punt return, whatever, they're not aggressive and blocking anymore. I mean, like, it's just, it looks like it's just about making sure there's no no mistake on this this set of plays that's going to cripple our team. And I get that, I do, but there are times when you, you've got to see something and take advantage of it, and you look back to the early Bob Stoops years, and I, I know everybody always goes back to that, it's not about being aggressive, it was about him always picking a good moment or finding a gap that nobody else saw and really taking advantage of it. You know, the plays against Alabama where he got them in the special teams game. Some of that stuff, you know, the, the play against Oklahoma State a couple years ago when Oklahoma State was clearly the better team of the two, and Oklahoma ran the the fake what was it the fake field goal that that um, who caught that both Grant Bothan caught no and I guess uh, Michael State. Honeycutt caught it didn't he was and it Bothan that threw Grant it and Honeycutt yeah, caught it is yeah, that right yeah. yeah I just remember who somebody getting killed at the goal line um, <laughs> it was Honeycutt yeah that's right that's right so I mean like just being create not only creative enough to do it but aggressive enough to make that call that clearly could put you in harm's way and I like I said I. I, I think it's great. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Beamer Ball guy. Like, I love all that stuff. Because I don't think there's anything that can shift the momentum of a game more than a big special teams play. Well, because also, offense, defense, you kind of know what you are. Special teams is a wild card where crazy stuff can happen. And that was the thing. It's like, you know, take like Iowa State last year for an example. Like, sometimes you get into games with an opponent where maybe – you know, some things go a certain way. All of a sudden, you have a turnover when it's unexpected. And all of a sudden, you're behind the eight ball, and this other team that had no chance of beating you now has all the confidence of the world. Like, special teams is one of those things. If you do it right and you're great at special teams, like, those games don't end up getting a chance to develop because you've made a big play on special teams, whether it's a kick return, a punt return, uh, a turnover. You've done something to essentially affect a 14-point sway during a game. And sometimes early, if it happens early, 
that's when those games that could have been close turned into blowouts awfully fast. The crowd goes wild. I thought Josh was going to say something. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't agree more, Kerry. I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the kind of plays you can't write them into the script. You can't make them happen. You just have to see it and say, okay, in this situation, we could use that play. Let's try it. It's worth the risk. It's, it's a situation where we can survive this if we're wrong. And I, like I said, I, I think that is the difference a lot of times between a win and a loss in those kind of games. Like, like you're talking about, the Iowa State game is a perfect example, Kerry, because how lethargic did OU look for three quarters of that game? Even when they were winning, they didn't yeah. look that locked into it. What would a big return have done to change that whole stadium, the, the team, the crowd, everything about it? One big play, everybody's locked in and we're ready to go, and you know you may have a seven-point lead because of it. So Look at the I, special teams play in the college football playoff that OU never should have played in uh, with the fake punt by yeah. Clemson and how that changed the momentum of that Completely game. Completely changed it. Hey, you got to respect my, the fat boy. I had you got to take my, care of the fat boy. My little shot in at you. I, I, I do think though that just it it's interesting kind of to look at just the ways that Lincoln Riley is starting to put his kind of his stamp yeah. on the program. I mean, I think that special teams is one of them. I Recruiting think that, was the very first thing that we noticed. Yeah, and it to a large part I think will all go kind of hand in hand because you do have better players on campus right now than they've had in a while. I think as a whole. Is that crazy? Maybe. Defensively, From a talent standpoint? I think defensively, yes. And I think I think Caleb Kelly being that five-star that came in, even though he's been, I think at this point you'd have to say a little disappointing. He's not an All-American, which I thought he, you know, going into his third year, he should be, based on how good he was in high school, you would have thought, People would have been talking about him as a top ten pick. How much did they, exactly? How he much did the shoulder facing a choice at the end of this year? How much did that shoulder hurt him last year, or I guess limit him? I just think being as multiple as they are, and him playing a position that can be taken off the field. Yeah, that's that's it's what telling. it is with him more than anything. Yeah, because I'm not like when he's on the field and he's in a role that suits him. That guy makes a lot of plays. In my opinion, but the problem is, is like Kerry said, he can so easily be factored out of the game. Right. I just I, think he has to be a, a Will or a Mike. Really, I'd I'd go with Mike, but I think there's some people concerned about whether he really likes to stick his nose in in the middle of things. It's a different breed of cat. I mean, I I do think that I think Kenneth Murray does, and I know that there's a lot of people that. We're happy with him at middle linebacker last year, but I think he's the experience the that he that gained, will, he, he will, he'll, he will give up his body. He's to a make dog a, to make a play. I think he's yeah. a dog. Uh, Kenneth Murray, you mentioned, and it's interesting we're having this conversation because I did ask Lincoln Riley if there's any chance that Kenneth Murray could make a move from middle linebacker to another position. Josh, we'll let you translate exactly what you hear from Lincoln Riley because he says a lot of stuff. And he kind of backpedals a little, and then he kind of, I, I don't it was strange. <laughs> it's the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yes, you tell us, Josh. You translate after we play this. All right. All right. I'm interested. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, our 
certainly our initial plan will be him staying at Mike. You know, he had a good, you know, a full season of that. You know, learned so much and got so much better throughout the year. But he does bring a skill set that, you know, could allow for potential changes if that's what made sense for the team. So uh, you love having those guys that you're very happy if they stay at their position. But if it works out better that we need him somewhere else even more, that he can physically and, and, and now mentally go handle that. I mean, once you've played Mike, it's kind of like playing quarterback. You got to know what everybody's doing. And so if he had to make a move now, I think he would, you know, be able to do it pretty quickly. So he, he gives us some versatility, but right now he's, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely penciled in at Mike. And again, he was your freshman All-American middle linebacker. And you start out answering that question with, it'll be interesting to see. That screams to me, we want someone else to come in and take this job. Like Deshaun then, White? Whoever, like someone, whether, well, even if it's, you know, Levi Draper coming along or they feel like John Michael Terry can he step into that role. You know, go out of his way to talk about Levi Draper. I, he what now? Did kind of go out of his way to mention Levi Draper. Like, did he? Interesting. I would say go out of his way, but it was like he was more than willing to bring him up. I I loved Levi. I, wa- I loved watching Levi play at Collinsville. That state championship game his junior year yeah was that, no, was that, UConn? that was his senior no, it was junior year was it his junior, junior year against altus yeah yep. against altus i mean they lost the game but he was unbelievable that was like one of those times that's like that's the guy that's committed to oklahoma that's yeah the, that's a linebacker that's committed to oklahoma he's a player. he basically wheeled them back into that game yeah he? he had a he had an interception that he caught with one hand and stayed in bounds somehow and that was against a team that ran the option. So, I mean, he was all over the field that night. He just has to get bigger. Yeah. Which he's doing. I think he will. I, I, He has a body that will allow him to get bigger. Don't you think, Josh? That was the thing, Eddie. It, it's always so funny because we always get into these things where we're like, oh, that guy looks great. You know, and every time you and I, for what, two or three years in a row, went to Collinsville and watched a practice in the spring. Yeah. And I remember every year, like, God, he looks good. God, he looks good. And he just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I remember thinking he's he's a big enough guy. He might be able to play year one. Then I saw him at the U.S. Army Bowl standing next to Jacob Phillips. And you yeah. were just like, holy crap. He looks like a little kid compared to Jacob. Like he, he was just so much smaller. And you knew, okay, he needs a year to redshirt. But – Levi's a good athlete. He's a good player. There's every reason to think he can be a, a he can be a player for Oklahoma. But to get back to it, I mean, I, I the way I heard that quote was if 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 nothing if there's no other reason for something to change, Kenneth Murray will start at Mike for us. But if we can find someone to take that job, we know he's probably as I mean, you know, this is me reading a little bit into it, but we know he's probably better suited to be a will linebacker that's chasing stuff down. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it too. Yeah, that that's that's what I heard. I mean, and I I totally agree. I mean, you, you can't move the guy who had for everybody else that wants to bag on Kenneth Murray for a freshman that had literally never played the position before. It's not nearly as bad as what you think it was. Right, like, let's it, be clear. If if the Georgia game had not happened like it did, people wouldn't bag on him as much as they do. That's totally fair. It was a, I, and it, it hurts even it more that it's the last game. memory they had. Yeah. It was a bad game. Had a bad game. But everybody on defense had a bad game. He just happened to be the guy that was more responsible than anybody else for their run game, besides the defensive lineman. I think that yep. I think that experience that he gained too, and as much as like Obo talked about him being a guy that is just a film junkie. I think that just playing the entire year last year and learning the position, 
he is going to be. Nothing. I'll say this. I mean, watch one thing that I think Sooner fans should take from that game is you look on OU side with Kenneth Murray. I, I you look on the other side with the best linebacker in college football and Roquan Smith. For a freshman and a junior was Rokon a junior? Yeah, yeah. Is he declared came right? Out, yeah. I mean that's two years difference, but that's a that's a leap I could see Kenneth Murray making by the time he's done at Oklahoma. And I wouldn't say that about Jordan Evans, Dominic Alexander. I wouldn't say that about any linebacker in the last five eight years. Oh, I think just physically he he is a big enough guy and runs. Well, being that big, I can't. It's been years since Oklahoma's had a guy like that. I feel he's like. got a he's got a chance to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's not a slide at Jordan Evans, but I mean, he. I think Jordan Evans is a different kind of player. I mean, yeah. he was a converted. I mean, they're all converted because the way they recruited. <coughs> uh, <laughs> and maybe not, not maybe good. maybe this is a Deshaun White deal. I mean, maybe they you know maybe they but maybe it's a Levi Draper deal too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I there are that's why I'm saying there are so many question marks. Like I am I usually kind of shit on spring football and don't really think you can learn a whole lot out of it. I I think there's gonna it's be just a, such a, a turn ton. the page spring. It, I it, I think it's the most interesting spring in 20 years. Obviously, quarterbacks, what we're all going to want to see, and I, I get that. For you guys, though, what's that next position? I mean, for me, it's Safety. defensive back. I think the yeah. secondary is really interesting to follow. Robert Barnes, Khalil Houghton, you know, Chance Buki, Sylvie. What do you do, Chance Sylvie? You get to see Buki for the first time. Can those guys Buki step up for the yeah. first time? I got. I'm still, I still feel like Jordan, like Parnell Motley, Jordan Parker, your say, or your corners. Yeah. You got, so they they're With Trey Brown quarterback a really good deep. shot. I maybe it's just because I love the kid, but I think Justin Bros is going to be a player somehow, some way. I hope so. Like I think he's that type His of leadership family is guy. So all in for OU. Oh yeah, I, you want to see good things happen for people like he's that. a lot like. Uh, and it might just be because you develop relationships with these kids and they're in state, but. Just his personality kind of reminds me a little bit of Stephen Parker, just in that. And Justin's probably a little bit more outgoing than Stephen was at this time, but they I, they kind of they yeah. kind of remind me of each other, just as far as just solid guys, and I kind of like cheering for him. Yeah, and he never really got a fair shot at it, just because he wasn't healthy last year. Yeah, would for me, Broyles is almost like Stephen Parker. And Eric Stryker had a child. Yeah, and that's like I he's somewhere that. right between those two because he's way more ramped up than Steven is. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about, Eddie, like a really solid and not that Eric's not. But I mean, I just we knew Steven really well. We knew what a grounded kid he was. And then but he's got that mouth that just keeps going. And you never heard Steven talk like Justin talks. Yeah, no, that's true. It, that there he, he can talk for both of them. That's for sure. For sure. Um, one thing that still hasn't been announced, and Lincoln didn't give us any details, but he didn't mention that they've been working hard behind the scenes on all the festivities for the spring game. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Gabe Eichert had told me about something a while ago, and he put out a a tweet uh, showing the invitation that they sent out for. But they're having a big, like a fundraiser dinner for Bob Stoops. The Friday night before the game, um, and then 
They're Has Bob have... been living so large he needs a fundraiser? Well, no, it's for the university. Right? Oh, okay, like okay. I was like, wow, Bob, Bob's really burning through all that. Okay, got it. An evening with Bob Stoops. <laughs> uh, so that's going to go on. But, of course, that's not really putting 80,000 seats and butts in the seats. I would imagine there'll be... I don't know. I haven't heard that this, there'll be a statue dedication, but I, that's got to be coming soon. And what more... I mean, if Bob's going to be in town, why not do it Saturday? I would have to think that... I mean, the way that they're building this up, I I don't know. I don't know if I expect a some type of music, but I definitely think the Jordan brand is going to be front and center somehow, some way. Like maybe Michael Jordan will come in? Yeah. Like there, I think there's going to be something because they want to appeal to the recruits that are in town. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what the going rate on the street for Migos to come perform it. Oh, it's Norman over is. a million. Is Probably that, two million. Maybe they can settle for future. Just get, just get Guavo. I know it's, there's Guavo. There's three Migos. Yeah. I know this much. I'm not cool, but I know there's Guavo. There's uh, God dang it. I can't. I used to know two of them at least. Offset. Offset's the other one I couldn't think of. And take I don't know. Off. Take Off is the third. Yeah, I just had to look it up. But. Okay. I'm glad that you're not that cool. Yeah. I'm not no, that I'm cool. Definitely not. Carrie, when you said three Migos, how many people were like, which one is uh, Steve Martin? I, I don't even know. <laughs> three Migos. Uh-huh. That's exactly. Like, I heard it, and I was like, somebody thinks we're talking about Martin Short. All of our white listeners. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe, we, maybe they could afford Chance the Rapper. That would be legit. I don't think that they can, but that would be awesome. I, I They're going to do something. I don't Chance know if it's rapper's music. got no problem, right? The what? Chance of rapper's no problem, right? You don't oh. know, no, 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 no problem yeah. with yeah, me. Yeah. I'm it, thinking Tyler the Creator's probably more. You could get him. Chance of rapper's gonna be too expensive. Although he gives a lot of stuff to charity. Maybe they can make it into a charity thing. Maybe they can rap uh, grow you into it somehow. We're doing stuff on Grow You. I know. I, I think it. I think it kind of goes into a story on it. Right kind of goes into what part of the leadership thing. I think that that is kind of cultivating it. Well, first off, let me play this clip from Lincoln because this is him talking about the spring game uh, yesterday. And then again, very excited about the spring game. We've we're um, we've been knee deep in in the planning phases uh, uh, the last several weeks. Uh, uh, I'm, I think we're close to making public some of the plans that we have for our spring game, uh, but not quite ready yet. Uh, but we've got some really, really cool things that Migos. I think our fan base is going to be excited about. Uh, there's going to be some, some definite changes to just about every part of the spring game that I think is, are going to make it even better. And so, and like I've said, it's still just such a huge weekend for us recruiting-wise that, you know, uh, the University of Oklahoma, our football program, our fan support, being able to put all our best foot forward uh, that day, April the 14th, is going to be just incredibly important for the future of this program. And so, again, like I've said, I know we got a job to do, and we've we've been working hard behind the scenes to create something that everybody's going to be really proud and excited about. And I'm very confident that our our fans, uh, Sooner Nation, will respond the way that uh, the way that we know they will. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Steve Miller Band. Boo! 
I can just see Eddie playing air guitar to Jet Airliner over on the side. No, that will not be happening. But it might be <laughs> happening. I, if uh, Tiger wins the week before, I'll probably do anything. Or I should say win. I think say, Eddie, I don't think you're allowed to be down on this red and white game because you're getting your dream. Yeah, it's not Masters weekend. It's what the, would be, the best well, decision I mean, like, ever made. Like, seriously, what's like a cheap band that you would be behind that's like maybe kitschy, like a boy band maybe? No, they can't do that. You couldn't get like, you could probably get 98 degrees. <sighs> no. They, can, they only have three songs, though. Well, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Nick Lachey, yeah, hitting up Campus <laughs> Corner. He would leave Norman with a sexual assault charge. There's no doubt about He's that. He's married to Vanessa. What's her name? Doesn't mean that he doesn't flander around. <laughs> it, I, I don't know what they can do, but I know that it involves making a party. I, I wrote that in the roundtable, and I firmly believe that you need all of the fraternities and students. To be involved somehow. Just open darty. Yes. Like that would that would be awesome. People just partying over in the North o South Oval. What if course. they got like what if they got El Presidente to show up? That'd be awesome, but I feel like uh I don't think Dave would uh be coming to each spring game. I feel like they that's paid him. Below him. He probably would. I don't know. He's a millionaire. On paper. And that paper is bad right now. <sighs> I really don't know. They need. I don't think that it's going to be anything crazy, though. Like, I don't think that... You think it's being oversold a little bit? Maybe a little bit. Like, I just don't know what they can do to make Basically, a spring game. Lincoln is saying, look, this is going to be the biggest recruiting weekend that we 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 have now on this current, this current calendar. Yeah. And you people don't realize it, but I'm telling you, you need to be here because this is the biggest impression you're going to make. Absolutely. On I, these kids. I think that's basically what they're trying to build up to. And I agree with it. I mean, it it is a big weekend, especially with all the official bit, visits. It's a little bit of a risk, too, don't you think, Josh? It is, especially the oversell, because you're going to get fans all wired up. And then, like you said, and we welcome the Steve Miller band. Like, you know, like, okay, there's certainly a... They deserve to go uh, seven and five if they brought the Steve Miller band. <laughs> He'll be at Zoo Amphitheater for his yearly <laughs> show in June. You know, please welcome Kansas. What would be, you know, something I don't understand. It seems like nobody does this. Why do spring games have to be during the day? You know who's doing theirs at night? Who? They uh, just announced it. Texas. A&M or Texas? University of Texas. I, it's, it's like a 6.30 kickoff. It's a great that idea. That would be cool. It's yeah. A, yeah. Like, why does it have to be during the day? It's hot as hell. Like, I, I don't ever understand that at all. Like, have it at night. Fox Sports TV window. You can do fireworks. Window. You can do a whole thing afterwards. It's the Fox Sports TV window. Well, screw Fox Sports TV. Well, the Longhorn Network can do whatever it wants because yeah. they have shitty program on there all the time. Yeah, can, well, I mean, there's only so many times you can we're, replay the We're Rose playing Bowl. it at night. If you want to put it on TV, put it on TV. If not, screw yourself. They should it's be a able major to carry part, that. It's a major part of their broadcast package, though, with Fox Sports. I just, I don't know. I, I, I agree, though, Josh. I think that going at night would be awesome. Because then, then you can really, really throw the game day atmosphere in there yeah. with people tailgating, people coming in. You could even do shit during the afternoon, like... Because uh, it's a busy weekend. OU plays Texas. OU plays Texas in baseball that night at 8 o'clock. Yeah. 
on April 14th. Softball's in town that weekend. So I think that they are trying to make it into like a big weekend down here. It just, I don't know. So you could do like a six o'clock kick and then just straight from. Oh, they could have played the baseball game at noon. Yeah. You know, I want to say that this is stupid. Just, just this constant debating about what to do about the spring game. But I'd rather do this than talk about NCAA tournament seedings. Oh, yeah. Any any more than 30 minutes on that. Or Western Conference standings talk. Yeah, or uh, or predicted draft, uh, NFL drafts. Yeah, mock drafts. Mock drafts. Oh, I can talk those all day. The other I stuff I'm with you draft, on. I mock draft, yeah. It will, uh, it will be an interesting Sunday down in Norman. I think there's going to be some sweaty palms, especially if... Teams like Alabama keep winning. And I think they're going to have their big banquet and stuff, too. They do every year. It's going to have the old biddies out there. Walter, are they going to make it? We're proud of you either way. We still love you, boys. That's that's the soft world we live in. No one's proud of you. <laughs> those people have always existed since the beginning of time. I know, but so we love you no matter we're what. Quickly crap. eliminating them. We by and by we I mean you're not the, you're not the life the world. You mean Father Time? Father Time, that's you're correct. Not, you're <laughs> not reinventing the wheel. Those people are going to be there. Your generation. Well, they're usually just over at they will, Sherry's house. They will turn into those people too. They'll soften. Yep. It just know. happens, Eddie. You know, the only thing that can save people like that, Eddie, are close friends like you. Scream at them and tell them how wrong they are about their softness. That's true. They need someone they know to tell them they're wrong. It doesn't matter if it's some idiot on, you know, a podcast. I'll go door to door if I have to. What do you think think the age you will be at the last time you shotgun a natty light? I don't know. Probably until my body shuts down. So in your 50s, you could still see yourself. Yeah, easily. Dude, I'm a father of two, and I would crush one right now. Right now at 3.08 on a Friday? Not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. Uh, Josh, your scoop came out today. Any uh, any nuggets or tidbits you want to throw out there? Well, you know, it was kind of an up-and-down scoop because there were several, you know, I really wanted to check in with some guys that we hadn't heard from in a while, and you got a lot. It was it was kind of a mixed bag. I think one of the guys that really hasn't gotten a lot of attention so far is a guy named Josh Sanguinetti out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Rivals 100 guy. Uh, tons of offers. But there's been some buzz with him in Oklahoma for a while now. And so I finally checked in with him. He told me he'll be coming up this spring. He's not sure when, but he's and he's going to use it. He's going to do it unofficially. So I mean, that's to me that's good for Oklahoma because a he's willing to pay his way up there and b you still have the availability maybe to bring him in for an official during the season. So that speaks well for Oklahoma. Um, I think one of the guys that really um, has kind of flown on the radar for OU fans, but a guy that OU people need to know is a big priority for OU is DeMarvin Leal, the uh, defensive lineman from Converse Judson. Uh, Another guy that I'm told will be up for the spring game. I don't know yet if it's going to be an official visit or an unofficial visit, but he is a guy that, uh, from what I can gather, Oklahoma is really high on him, really wants him to make it to campus. And if he can get up there and take that trip, then I think maybe things start moving. Because you look back, there are a few schools over the last 20 years 
that have done a better job recruiting and developing San Antonio area players. So Oklahoma has a lot of good relationships down there, and I think that can you know grow from or that they can be helped from that with a guy like him from Judson, which or for, you know from Converse, which is kind of a San Antonio suburb. So. It was a little bit of an up-and-down scoop. There's some downer news in there. There's a, um, a long-time defensive line offer, a guy that made the trip to Norman during – um, last summer he made the trip to Norman um, the exact same day that Bob Stoops stepped down. So kind of a weird trip for him. He went out there with Bob Stoops as the head coach. He came back as Lincoln Riley as the head coach. So there, there's a lot to kind of follow in this week's scoop. But, I mean, there – for a quiet week, I mean, there were, there was quite a bit of news in there, like I said, of visitors, guys coming in, and guys that, you know, frankly, are just starting to lose contact with OU. All right. Any, uh, uh, just real quick before we get out of here, could be some some real real news, I guess, at left tackle this over the weekend with yeah. uh, Calvin Anderson, Josh. Uh, any inkling on, uh, I guess, on, on which way he's leaning? I know that is kind of the... The million-dollar question yeah, heading into Saturday. Yeah, you're actually in the middle of this one, Josh. You're, you're not out of touch like you are with the rest of recruiting. <laughs> thank, thank goodness I'm in Houston. And I, I know exact, I know the guy's favorite eateries. So, you know, I can go check those out, see if I've run into him. Uh, no, you know, um, when he announced on, I guess it was Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday night, that he was going to, he announced to announce on Saturday, which kind of surprised me after talking to Calvin. I thought he would just kind of, come out, say it, and be done with it. Um, He's expected to announce his decision tomorrow. I had heard at that same point that he was going to call a couple of staffs, including Oklahoma, on Friday. Now, to my knowledge so far, that has not happened. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that's a good sign for OU that they're going to get word early or what you know, and I say a couple of staffs. The only staff I know he was supposed to call on today was Oklahoma. Now, I can't say that he wasn't going to call all three of the schools, but I can just say I know I had heard that Oklahoma would get a call on Friday. So, in checking with some sources today, even during the pod, I've kind of been checking with some people. I haven't heard any movement. I haven't heard any change. I don't think that he's had any conversations with anybody yet, but I. I still am betting on Texas, but I I still believe Oklahoma is a true contender in this thing. Be very interesting. I think that that kind of just his decision alone will change the landscape of yeah. Whether the Bobby Evans moves, whether uh, you know Adrian Ely, Drew Samia move out to Drew right Samia can tackle. move. Yeah, it will Lincoln be. Lincoln talked uh, about that a little bit yesterday. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. What would be interesting is say he picks Oklahoma tomorrow. Does Oklahoma immediately start working Bobby Evans at left? I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't pick Oklahoma tomorrow. Oh, Does they, do see. they immediately start moving Bobby Evans to left? I think their plan was to, to, to play him some there no matter what. Yeah, I think that, I think okay. he might be over because at I think, left anyways. You know, Bill Biedenboe, he loves playing B, C, D. Oh, sure. I think Bobby Evans, he's played there for two years. I think he'd work him at left in a hell. I mean, I think it'd be it could be a it could be a situation where Calvin Anderson is fighting for a job with Bobby Evans before it's all said and done. Wouldn't that be something? And then if you know whoever doesn't win it, maybe goes to right tackle. Somewhere, Bill Bedenboe is pissed at Kerry for that comment. Twenty four hours before he announces Kerry, you're going to say he's going to be fighting for a job. That's Damn all it. right. I I heard Bill tore his bicep, so he can't do anything to me. Twelve ounce okay. girls. 
stay to his left. I got you. I'm going to see him at the wedding this weekend. So. Oh yeah, he'll be there. Yeah. Big big wedding weekend for Carrie. I had mine last weekend, and Carrie has God, yours weddings this weekend. are so stupid expensive. Karen, yeah. when's the last time you were in a wedding? I'm not in this wedding. Oh, I thought you were. Okay. No, no. Okay. No. Uh, no, but I was the best man at my best friend's wedding back in. This would have been over ten years ago. Fifty-six. Yeah. See, it's approaching those it's levels for 65? me. Like I was in a ton of weddings. I'm kill you, Eddie. Yeah, I've done my fair share of uh between the the gifts and the bachelor party and the the destination bachelor party and then the got to buy new suit cuz it's been so long. I, Just look at the light at the end of the tunnel. You get a club special on Saturday night. <laughs> we get some a booze lot tonight. Of club specials. I better be an open bar. I imagine it probably will be. With the families involved? Yeah. I would think so. Got that would a club be a special shame at, moment if at not. the club though. The no, best, but congratulations! The best to, drink uh, in the entire world to our boy Gay Biker, who probably has been as good to Sooner Scoop as any player at the history of OU OU football. Yeah, for sure. He's always been a friend of the scoop. Maybe someday we could get him on the podcast. He'd come Would on he any time. Yeah, he's got to go to Maui for a while, though. Is that where they're headed out after? I think so. Afterwards, yeah. to the villa. Yes, we need to have him and Jared spot, on, and they can just read the text messages they send you. Oh, trust me, they want to do a podcast. <laughs> just the three of us. And it's usually we if if Jared is really pissed off about something that's happened in OU football, he wants to do a podcast immediately. He would have been great. He, on he the, wants uh, you to call him then and start we've recording. Tried he would have been great on the Lost Podcast we've, after Iowa State. We, yeah, we've tried to hook him up through Skype, but we've just never figured it out. Because I think he's using like Skype for business, or I think he downloaded the wrong app. Because he's like, I'm Jared one seven three four five eight nine. I'm like, I can't find you. We can't find each other anyway. It's a big mess. <laughs> so I'm very excited. First practice tomorrow. I've got new camera gear too. I'm excited to go take some pictures. Carry with his nerd boner. Can't wait to get up and do that on a You want to hear how fast the pictures can be taken with this? Oh, God. No, no. No one wants to hear that. I think everyone wants to hear People have stopped listening. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second to realize you were actually clicking the camera. That's beautiful. Eddie, open that window. Like, yeah, give me some light. Oh. Yeah, just do that. Okay, here we go. Well, this is not good. Hold on. This is the shit we deal with, people. Eddie, Eddie the, move out of the way. I gotta people get- listening, you cannot understand how hard Carrie nerds out over video and camera equipment. Oh, it is... Because they got the lens cap on. That's what's going on. Oh, are you shitting me with all the stuff I get about my technology okay. issues and listen, some of them are fair listen how fast this is huh those are pictures it's without pump action too praying i don't even know all i can hear is i'm like i think that just filled my whole memory card i gotta get a new <laughs> damn card it's gonna be awesome oh god Speaking of pictures, I, Josh, 
my credit card. Can't wait to see uh, Putnam North take a picture with the gold ball over the weekend. Son of a, we had to go out in the first round. Hey, our girls are bringing home a gold ball. Thank you kindly. Is West not still in it? Seriously? No, I they got they knocked got out in the first night? round. Yeah, Yesterday? Santa Fe beat them. Ah, pussy. So yeah, has North played the semis yet? No, they play at four thirty today against Norman North. Okay, okay. So as everybody's listening, yes, they've already played. Um, but uh, yeah, well, roll patch roll in the uh, the six A women's finals. We're gonna we're gonna take it take it down right there. Yeah, no one really cares. Yeah, oh, podcast wow. has been, is officially dead now. All right, boys, I appreciate it. <laughs> yep. uh, it's been fun. We'll have actual practices to talk about yeah. coming up uh, on the next podcast. Uh, lots more to come with recruiting, as Josh said. It's been kind of up and down slow, but go check out the Sooner Scoop. Uh, it is released today. Uh, we got the round, another edition of the roundtable coming out this weekend as well. Uh, want you guys to make sure you check that out. Uh, but go subscribe, uh, sign up, sign up. That's our new swipe up. Yeah, swipe up. up. Sign up, swipe up. Uh, sign up, sign up. Uh, so we know that there's a reason why we keep doing subscribe, these Subscribe, unsubscribe, re <laughs> I don't know about that. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week once again for another edition of the Unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.